johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. issue of sports insider radio we might as well call it the john and mike show this week because it is me john and mike what's going on mike oh man just uh just another day feel like uh we always feel like when it's the summertime it's that prep right before football um you know i i truly enjoy the summer because it's it's a little bit more laid back not that we feel like the opportunities are still there, but it's less stress in terms of the hype of every weekend being so big in the market, what we're in, um, you know, college football, it's, it's really starts with Thursday night football and then it steamrolls into Saturday and then Sunday and then Monday. And then before you could even like catch your breath, that's the following week. So I just feel like during baseball season, um, it's much more laid back. The games are spread out throughout the entire day. Um, I personally like to do a lot more things outside. So it's, well, I'm lying. I do the same thing during football season. I'm still out there playing golf. But I do feel like in the summertime, we're able to catch our breath a little bit. But the opportunities are phenomenal. I mean, Dave's been hot for three weeks now, John, with, with all the sides and, and he's still, I'd say basketball and football, he's probably 80% and don't quote me on these percentages, but he's about 80% to the dog side It's baseball. It's a lot less. I mean, he's playing a lot of favorites. He's taken run lines that are still in the favorite. So like last night he had the Dodgers that were minus a run and a half and they were still a favorite minus 127. So you know, it's it's different. It's a different side of Dave that I've never seen before. And I'm sure, you know, for the many years that me and you have been working with Dave, we've never seen this. So it's it's unique. It works. Um, outside of one bad week that he had five weeks ago, he's cashed every single week since. And And then on top of that, obviously, you know, my totals are doing absolutely phenomenal. Um, there's just not a lot of volume. And I think as the season progresses and they start, um, you know, they're letting more pitchers get more of a rotation right now. You're still seeing a lot of relievers that are coming in for a game or two in between these big stretches. Um, it's going to give my system a little bit more volume. But overall, it was, it's been a, a really good couple weeks. And I feel like we're we're just getting into the stretch here right before All-Star break. But tell tell all the listeners about this uh, trifecta that you hit on uh, on Saturday in the Preakness. 600 paid 6,000. Uh, we put it out on our Instagram channel. Again, we're five minutes from Pimlico Racetrack here in Baltimore, Maryland. It was, uh, if you watched my YouTube video yesterday, I was wearing a jacket. It was 59 degrees. But on Saturday, it was uh, almost 100. It was 97 degrees. Look. I don't do a lot of horse racing for the clientele because they can't handle the variance. As Dave would say, it's a sport where you're going to lose 80 to 85, maybe even 90% of your tickets. And then the ticket that you win is going to make up for those 85, 90% ticket losses. And uh, as we know, uh, 
Brian is listening to us from above. Brian was an avid horse racing freak. Many a year, I would do the show in studio with him in Las Vegas. While we were on the air, he would have the laptop up, and he would be slamming the newspaper with the mute button against the uh, the, the uh, table as he was rooting in his, his horse down the stretch. So, uh, you know, horse racing brought up in Baltimore, Maryland, five minutes from Pimlico Racetrack. Look, if you can handle losing 90% of your tickets to make the 10% of the tickets win, it's a very profitable enterprise. I'm picking and choosing the horse races that I release, even though I get horses every day from my horse betting groups. And it's just not something that most people, and I even put out a caveat on my channel, hey, guys, if you want this every day, reach out. Not many people have reached out because they can't handle that prospect of losing, losing, losing and then winning and making a score. But, hey, to risk 600 to make 6,000, I'll take it any day of the week. No, I mean, it's after – I mean, I remember after um, after the Derby how insane that payout was, and, you know, you've been talking about it. And, and unfortunately, this year I wasn't in town for the first time for as long as I can remember for the Preakness. You know, I'm the guy that's always there for the Black Eyed Susan race. I mean, how many years did we go – on Friday, it's really our big day when we go up there when it's not as crowded, but it's still, you get a lot of action. That's when I get all my wagers in for Saturday. And um, this year, I was a little bit busy. I had the Savage race that I ran that big obstacle course race. So, you know, I was actually running in a hundred degree heat, and, and which makes me think, you know, how much strategy goes in with what type of horse has that longevity to run in that extreme heat because well, they were since you weren't watching it since you weren't watching it just like i am a big proponent of uh throwing my body into freezing water uh they had freezing water blankets and they were dipping them in the ice and then they were taking those blankets and they were putting them on top of the horses waiting up to the race so they were actually cooling the horses off throughout the day uh, and they actually did a whole segment of that on uh showing how they were doing basically cold water immersion on the horses to keep them cool because it was so insanely hot. And, then, you know, like I said, we live in Maryland. It's crazy. 101 day, 59 the next. Crazy, you know. So you never know what to expect from the outdoor events. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and in years past, they had rain, which, you know, I feel like a couple years there was a lot of rain during the Preakness. So to see it to be that hot, I mean, I can't remember a day that hot where it's, you know, the the actual real temp was over 100. I don't know, at race time, if it was still that, it might have been. It was really hot that entire weekend. But I remember, look, I was running it. I was in. I was basically running my version of the Preakness in the, you know, the suburbs of Eastern Shore, Maryland, where I was running up obstacles, down obstacles, in the woods with insane heat. So... I can only imagine how not only did the horses feel, but all those 100,000 people in the infield that were going absolutely insane because it's a huge party. Uh, it's nothing like it. If you've never been to Baltimore and you've never been to the Preakness, definitely put it on your bucket list outside of the area that it's in, which is not the mm. best, John Wilna. But uh, mm -hmm. the event is phenomenal. I mean, it's there's a hundred thousand people partying in the infield. They have a live concert you going on. And the truth of the matter is, it, it's really not a bad area because you know we're locals. I don't even think twice about going down there. You know, everybody. You know, the people. Too many people have watched The Wire, uh, and they think that all of Baltimore is like The Wire. The reality is, it's like every other community. Unfortunately, you know, you. you it, you mess with them, they'll mess with you. You don't mess with them, they don't mess with you. Unless, you know, like I said, we see enough non-messing news. Uh, you know, let's talk about today, for instance, and we're not going to get political, but, you know, Dave is not here. Um, Micah Smith is not here. Neither one are here today. Why are they not here? They're not here because their children are graduating school today, whether it be middle school, whether it be elementary school, they're at their children's graduations. So, you know, again, you know, when you look at um, – what happened yesterday in Texas, you know, obviously, you know, and that's the thing we were talking about, uh, Steve Kerr and his emotional speech. And a lot of people were texting me and they were taking a political position. You know, look, I'm a dad. Mike is a dad. Dave's a dad. You're on the way. You're a dog dad, right? You're a dog dad. Um, 
one day you'll be a dad. And like I said, you know, it's insane. You know, again, when you send your kids off to school, you should not have to worry. So for all you guys that are listening out there, like I said, you know, when Dave said to me, I can't make it today, I'm going to go to my daughter's graduation. And when Micah said, I can't make it today, I'm going to, hey, you know what? Family first. If the events of yesterday didn't tell you anything, it's a lot of this stuff. I was going to almost say the, the SHI word. A lot of this stuff doesn't even matter in the big scheme of the things. And this goes back to being emotional. If you look at how Kerr, and just doing a segue into the NBA yesterday, if you look at how emotional Kerr was, a lot of people are not aware that uh, Steve Kerr's dad took two bullets to the head, you know, and so he was, he himself was a child of a victim of gun violence. And again, I'm not being, taking a a proposition or anti-position against guns. All I can say is this, that, you know, it was a sad day yesterday. I was on the Warriors on my Telegram channel. In retrospect, the game was in Texas and normally when a team's up 3 nothing, they usually get closed out. Um, obviously, um, a lot of people expected Dallas to win. They were the small, short favorite. They did. Did you watch any of that game yesterday? I did not. I actually um, I had some plans with the fiancé, and we went out. By the time I got home, I was just exhausted from a very long day, so I actually only caught about the first half of the game. I saw that Dallas had a sustainable lead. And, and again, I mean, that type of game, um, I, we didn't have a play on the game at all. But from an advisory standpoint, you always look at those spots. Very rarely do you see a team close a team out 4-0, especially on the road. So Dallas had that one, like, this is it game. I mean, they had no choice but to actually bring it. And I feel like the Warriors are – are, are seeing themselves knowing that they can close it out at home. And it's always that trap game where, and again, it's happened in years past where that team does get swept, but Dallas is not that bad. And they're just playing a much tougher team in a tougher matchup. So, um, you know, from what I'm seeing, you know, last night it was a very, it was like they were trapping you to take the Warriors because it was such a short line on the road. I mean, there was a one line on the road. So for that to happen and and then progressively now we're going into game five. And, you know, tonight is a big game in the other series. I mean, now you're talking about, you know, a, a series that is tied and and it's back in Miami. And, and there, this series has had so many injuries, John. I mean, both teams, guys are beat up. You don't know who's playing. It looks like. The guy is not going to be playing. That ends up playing, and it's game to game. You just really don't know, like how the, the injury and the health of Marcus Smart. They didn't have him last game. He was a key role player and a key point guard for the Celtics team. And without him, they absolutely obliterated the Heat last game, which is very odd. You would think that without him as a key defender and a point guard, that they would struggle, and they did not at all. And I think what really hurt the Heat was the opposite as a, the sixth man of the year, Tyler Hero, was not playing. And from what you saw, that was a big focal point and a big piece to that team. So hopefully he's back. Hopefully Jimmy Butler's going to get back to form. He looked hurt last game. So I'm worried about how his endurance and his actual injury isn't that bad that he's just playing through it or he shouldn't be playing, but they need him. Without him, they're not advancing. So, you know, there's a lot, a lot of injuries on both sides. I'm hoping that they could put it all together in this, you know, this series could go seven. I mean, we have a play on tonight's game. D. Mill has a play on tonight's game. But, you know, we haven't really played too much of the playoffs in the last week, week and a half, simply because there's one game a night. I mean, people from a entertainment standpoint will always give you an opinion on the game that's on TV. Just like they're going to bet every single gambler is going to bet every single finals game, no matter what. But from a standpoint of edge, we're not betting it just because there's a game on TV. So I think our clients, John, are very accustomed to understanding the process and the process is not to gamble. It's to find edges and, beat the market pricing. And Dave has been doing that consistently. 
you know, I, I know guys that jump up and down when Dave has a losing day on Saturday, but then he follows up and Dave goes four. Well, let's talk Sunday. about let's talk about last week. Dave lost, I think, four consecutive days in a row. I think he won on Monday. He lost Tuesday, Wednesday. No, Thursday. no, no. He won. No, no. It was. You're, you're mistaken. It was Tuesday was his biggest day of the week. So last week he won on Monday. He swept the board on Tuesday and then lost Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Right. And then right. one big on Sunday. Yeah. And then ha- and had a green but week. That, so what I'm saying is a lot of the new guys on that little little losing streak, little losing daily, I don't even call it streak, little loss of a day, you know, we're freaking out. And then at the end of the week, he's up. <laughs> so, again, you well, know, this goes back to the – go ahead. Well, what I was saying is, I mean, you have so – the problem is is this business outside of us has a like a, a black cloud where clients are advised to bet max wagers every night and they they feel like they they don't have any money management they're just trying to hit a long shot when i'd say long shot not even a parlay but to basically get rich overnight where in a three, four-day span, they expect to win every single day because they're basically – they take bad advice from people that are not verified. That's what it comes down to. People call us. I mean, very rarely do I talk to somebody that is completely green, that has never actually used an advisor before. And just like in any other business, not just us, it's any other advisorship. And and in that type of industry, it could be anything – there's always going to be people that are not verified and they're not really good at what they do and they just talk a big game. We have the opposite philosophy. We're as transparent as it comes because every single Monday I go over every client's bankroll from the previous week to make sure that their wagers and their wagering percentages align with ours. And those are the guys that don't call me when I go 5-0. and They also don't call me when we go 0-5 meaning they get it. It's the long term. They only care about the month, the season, because they're not gamblers. They understand that Dave is a professional sports trader, and he does this for a living. Dave has done way more in his 10 to 15 years of betting than most people will ever do in their lifetime. And that's not to say that it's not possible for a guy with a limited bankroll to make six figures a year. Anything is possible if you actually treat it like a business. But a lot of these guys just cannot, and some of them will admit it. Some of them will literally admit it to me. I cannot not bet today. No matter if I tell them, like yesterday, I didn't have any overs in my model. I'm not gambling. I don't care. I just pass because, again, I'm following a systematic approach that is designed specifically and tailor-made for only playing overs in baseball. If it's not going to hit all the criteria, I'm not just going to guess on a maybe and put out a game because I need to give out a game to a client. They get it. They pass with me. But some of these guys just can't handle not taking a night off. And I don't know if that's something that can be fixed, but I know that in the long run, the guys that are like basically really good students are the ones that consistently – become clients of ours, not just for a year, not just for a couple of seasons, but for many, many years. I mean, how many clients do we have on our Telegram channels that have literally been with us for five to six years now since we started oh, Telegram? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, I mean, so it's, you know, I try to emulate how to be a successful long-term grinder. And I want the clients to understand that as well. But as much as I want them to be that, at the end of the day, not all of them will listen, and those are the guys that no matter how much you win, just typical like the guy that uh, you just signed up last week, we were talking about him this morning, that was just not responsive. He's up money, and he's not satisfied because he's probably not up enough money in his mind. Well, no, 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 no. For all the listeners out there, this is the difference, is that if you follow the system – whether it's my proprietary underdog system, we'll get to the dog numbers in a minute, um, or any or Dave's system or Mike's 
total system or all of our systems combined because they work in conjunction with each other. You can't lose, period. You can't lose. I'm not saying there's a you can't lose games. Of course you can lose games. The issue is that unless we're, we were the ones playing for the client, which we're not, every client's making 30 other wagers on their own. Uh, we have somebody, you know, we have a source that's listening from Las Vegas that uh, will share games with us sometimes. He went 3-0 and last night. We're not going to mention his game's private guy. He literally told me seven, seven guys canceled on his service yesterday. Why? Did it have anything to do with his 3-0 and yesterday? No. Unless you have personal one-on-one mentorship where you're holding somebody's hands, they're going to bet 50 other games on their own. Nobody's going to bet one game. Nobody's going to bet two games. Nobody's going to bet three games. Nobody's going to actually pass when you pass on your Vortex system. They're just going to play on their own and blow themselves up. So I work, and even though there's only exactly 10 years in a week between us, you know, I work on the assumption that every gambler's going to gamble every day, whether we have plays or not. So we provide uh, a serious service for serious sports investors in terms of net revenue and sales that we do in our advisory business. It's probably one tenth of the high pressure guys that are yelling and screaming. I got the lock of the year, the game of the month, because in essence, what they're doing is they're satisfying that short-term dopamine hit. They're satisfying that greed of the client. And so it is amazing because I talk to guys all day long that will call up here and say, I got burnt by this service or I got burnt. And I say to them, no, you didn't. You burnt yourself. You bought into the nonsense. I have zero. When I say I have zero, I have zero empathy. I have a lack of empathy for anybody that calls here and says, they got burnt. No, they put their hand on the fire in, on the oven and didn't remove their hand. They, they, you, don't, you, know, you, you know, they say, shame on me once, shame on me twice, forget about it on the third time. You know, you have to at some point take an approach when you're a listener to this radio show that if you were chasing the whole, uh, you know, lock of the year, game of the month, I have a game where a system hasn't lost in 18, you know, every time there's a, uh, game seven, you'll see all these advertisements. And again, this isn't to bash. This is to uh, uh, be the reality, which is, uh, and I think we have a call coming on, on the line in a minute. We're going to let in some. I just got texted from the radio station. We're actually taking calls today that if you fall for the, 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 the insanity of the short-term results, it's hard for me to have empathy. But I think we have a listener on the line, Mike. I'll let you take over. Who's on the line with us? Hey, Mike, it's Fish over here in the Poconos, Pennsylvania. I'm the uh, professional poker player you signed up uh, probably a couple months ago. Oh, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? All right, how are you? Can't complain. So, uh, so tell me, give us, because you've been a client now for a couple months, um, give us the experience, because I, I know that we, we do a lot of education just the guys that maybe are new listeners, like give them some of the experience that you've actually learned. Cause obviously, you know, you're a poker player, you understand money management with that end of it, but give us a little bit of like the experience that you've had with D mill. Right. For sure. So I, I, you know, and you, you mentioned this earlier that like you, you haven't really gotten a lot of clients that, that haven't been to uh, a service before. And uh, obviously mm-hmm. I've been, I've been through the ringer with that. I've, I've fallen for tons of guys with their, you know, lock of the weeks and their bullshit systems. I don't, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like, you know, you, you know how it is in the business. You know, everybody's going to sell the snake oil and stuff like that. And what, what attracted me, me to you guys was that, you know, there are times where you where you don't play and, and, and things like that. If you go to these other guys, you know, it's a, it's a big surprise that they have a play every day and stuff like that. So that was one of the things that was cool uh, being with you guys. Um, yes, you know, we had that, we had that one losing week, but overall, you know, that's, that's nothing. Um, in comparison, you know, you can compare it to poker a lot. Um, you know, you you don't always win with pocket aces, you know, you don't always win with the best hand in poker. Um, you know, and and that's how it goes in sports betting or really any, really any type of gambling business. Um, same deal as you guys pass on a play where, um, you know, you pass on a day where there's not a lot of games on board. There's not, you know, barely any edges to be found. 
it could be say, said the same as a professional poker player. You know, if you're sick with COVID or something like that, you know, you really shouldn't be out there playing because you're not going to have your, your mental best game. You're not going to have an edge over the competition and stuff like that. And I think it's really cool how you guys um, kind of run the same thing as I, I, as I run my poker business day to day. No, that, that's awesome. But it's, it's good feedback. Um, you know, we're doing this because we believe we have a mathematical edge. I mean, what Dave does, and, and again, for, for everybody listening that says we may not have games, don't always think that because Dave, out of nowhere, can come with a 10-bagger and give, right. you, and give you 10 games right. on any single instance if there's an edge. But, look, it's the, the professional aspect of what we do is bar none. We're at the top 1% of this industry. And the clients that understand that, like you, are going to be clients of ours for a very, very long time. Now, talking a little bit now that we're talking about poker, do you have anything planned? Are you going to the World Series this year, doing anything with the surf circuit in the summer or no? So, so I, go, I go every year uh, in June. That's, that's just same deal. Uh, it's, it's the most profitable month of the year. That's like our Super Bowl, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We go out there. And, and, and mainly, you know, I'm not really a tournament guy. I'm, I'm a cash game player. I, you know, it's, uh, uh, being a cash game player is actually the lower variance style of play where tournament play is actually higher variance. But what's good about the world series is, is all these tournament players come out and they play in these tournaments and, you know, they may do well, they may lose, you know, who cares? No matter what happens, they're generally dumping into those cash games. And, you know, there's a, there's a war in poker, uh, between who's who's the better breed, you know, is it is it the tournament grinder or is it the cash game grinder? And I, I'm always going to say it's the cash game player because you know we're doing it day in day out. You know we're making our rounds. You know I don't I don't play, um, you know just just to gamble. I'm I'm walking around that city, you know, from casino to casino. I'm not leather assing it. You know I'm looking for my marks and I'm going to take them down wherever the edge is. Um, you'd be a fool mm-hmm. to go out there as, as a winning player and just pick a casino and just sit at one table, you know, when you have all this action going around. The only, the only thing that's tough is, you know, the lists get really long, and if you are going to move around, you know, sometimes you're going to have to be waiting an hour for a seat at a particular room or something like that. But, you know, if, mm-hmm. uh, if, if I'm looking at a soft room like Caesars on a club night when, like, all the half-naked girls are in line for the club, and everybody's distracted, and you got you got the frat boys coming in on designer drugs, just punting money away. That's where I'm going to be. You know, I'm not just going to play at the Bellagio because the rake is a dollar less or it's more prestigious. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna camp uh, Caesars and and take advantage of all that money. You know, it's all about you know finding the edges, just just like you guys do. Got it. So yeah, I mean that's very. Look, I'm a very very amateur poker player. When I say amateur, I don't do it professionally, but I I am I feel like I'm a pretty good player, and I am a sober player. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sober, period. But I That's what you important. just said with those guys coming out of the clubs, like my favorite, and John will tell you when we were there for March Madness because obviously I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, when we were there yep. for March Madness, I literally play all night because I know I don't want to start during the day. And, and March Madness is different because there's so many people in the casinos throughout the day, but primarily right. at night when they're leaving the clubs and they're lazy, they're drunk, they're, mm-hmm. they're not on top of their game, is where I honestly do so much better because the guys, they're just there to dump money. Most people come to Vegas to dump money and leave whether they win or lose. It, it, so yep. it's not like you know going to a local casino. So I, by you saying that, it just it reminded me like that, that's what I hunted for when I played and, and again, I'm on a smaller side. I'm playing two, five deep stack at most. Um, I just don't, I, I never put aside a bigger <laughs> bankroll to play more, but, but I didn't right. do what you just said was I didn't go from casino to casino. I just, cause I didn't have the time, nor do I really care because more people where right. I was staying were just so many fish everywhere. Not you right. because you go by fish, yeah, yeah. but actual real <laughs> fish. <laughs> But uh, no, man, I I really appreciate the call. Um, this is gonna we're gonna be doing this segment going forward. Oh, you wanted to ask John? You wanted to ask him yeah. something? 
So I want to ask you a question. So I'm not a poker player. I'm 49, never played poker. For all the listeners who want to know, I asked Mike in the office. They dismissed me. Am I too old to learn and be good? Like, I know nothing about the game. Zero. Not sure. I mean, you're, you'd be coming in at a pretty uh, tough part in poker. Poker is a lot tougher now to beat. Uh, if it was 2006 and you were the same age, you just still come in with very little knowledge and crush the game. Now it, it takes a little bit more, but like I was going to tell Mike, you know, even as a recreational player, there's certain times that you can take advantage of this game, even, you know, if you just learn the bare minimum. Like if you just learn level one of poker, which is just knowing what your cards are and knowing how the game works, you can still make money. The biggest times of the year are March Madness, Super Bowl, New Year's Eve, believe it or not. You know, as a professional poker player, I don't have holidays. I'm really working on the days that everybody's out partying and celebrating, you know, weekends, stuff like that. And that's, that's definitely tough in your business because, you know, you guys, NFL Sundays are huge because everybody's looking up at the TV. There's so much money to be made at poker. Like, you know, I, I haven't signed up for you guys yet, but I guarantee I will be uh, for, for NFL stuff because I haven't been, been with you guys long enough. But even when I do, you know, I'll just be placing my action and I'll be glued to the poker table. You know, whatever happens, happens. And, and that's how I make money because people just aren't paying attention. And you can literally, it sounds fucked up, but you can literally rob them blind, you know. Well, John, can we get more clients like this? What do we do <laughs> to find more, more of the clients? That, I don't know. How, we need guys that just get it. How did you originally find out about us to begin with, Fish? Through the Spencer Believe video. Or not, I think it was, I believe it, yeah, it was that. But uh, like a TikTok video led me to that, you know. Um, yeah, that's when I originally found you guys. But yeah, I watched I watched that video on YouTube that went over Dave Miller's process, and it reminded me of the uh, the Billy Walters special that was uh, also on, oh, 60 on a, minutes. one of the right. Yes, yes. But I watched that on YouTube, and Dave Miller had the same setup in his house that Billy Walters did, and uh, right. that's what really really got me going. You know, really attracted me to it. Well, as you see, it's a lot of work. A lot of people, like I said, are very impatient. Um, yep. When you, you mentioned that you haven't signed up for football yet, obviously, because it's not football season, but, you know, a big factor, and I don't know if Dave has explained it or Mike's explained this to you, is that for all the listeners out there, Dave makes 80 not, 85 to 90% of his wagers for college football in the NFL on Tuesday. Wow. Because he's beating the number on every game. He's not waiting. All this, like, late information. I have inside information. Call me 10 minutes before game time. Blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Because, like, last year he had a $30,000 middle on a – I think it was was the Cincinnati or the Bears game. He got minus two and a half on Tuesday. He bet it for fifteen thousand in the in one particular account. Obviously, he bet it for more. Um, And then he came back. The line exploded because of some fake move to five and a half. He bet the other side plus five and a half, same amount, whatever, call it fifteen thousand. So now you got a fifteen hundred dollar risk because you know you're risking sixteen five and sixteen five. You're not buying points. This is another thing. People right. make a mistake when it comes to arbitrage. They want to buy points and increase the juice. And no. it landed on three. Right. Yeah. It landed on three. So you risk 1500 to win 30000 Now, obviously, a lot of people don't have the bankroll to sustain that and do those big middle setups. It'll be interesting. Now, by the way, I know you're in Pennsylvania above us. Are you using uh, all the – were you actively betting prior to the legalization of Pennsylvania, or were you just getting into it because it's now legal and you can do the apps on your phone? I, I've, I've been betting and booking since I was 16 years old. I'm Got it. 33 now, 34 now. And how do, would you say the, um, the – has it changed the culture in Pennsylvania where you live? Where uh, you have a lot of big sports books in, in the Poconos, I know it's a resort town anyway. But um, so we have we have a sports book that's poorly run. Um, like I, I got backed off for a five hundred dollar bet there before I was even working with you guys. Um, huh. but, but the but the guy told me like they're taking like twenty thousand dollar wagers and stuff, which was apparently I I, I haven't seen it. Um, on Sundays the book is pretty busy. But then it dies off, and like during the week, there's nobody sitting there. Um, I can't really speak for the other book. I mean, I've never really seen books out here super busy. Um, you know, with the advertising and stuff, you know, everything's getting bombarded like that. You know, for for all the books. But um, either people are mainly just predominantly betting online, and they don't actually come out 
to the casinos to actually watch the games. I can't really speak of that because I haven't done the research on, like, how much money these books are actually pulling in out here. I just know what's nearby, and uh, it's, it's extremely poorly run. It's kind of depressing, really, when you think about it. But uh, they know me in there as a winning poker player, so maybe they just assume. Because uh, all the guys that worked in the poker room now work in the sports book because uh, it's attached. So, like, the floor personnel and stuff all knew me as a winning poker player. I don't know if they just assumed that carried over into sports. Um, so I don't know if that's why I got backed off on that one bet. I think it was, like, 500 or $700. Not really backed off, but, like, they, they had to wait to put it through, and then they offered me, like, oh, well, we'll take it for $400. I was like, what, what am I doing here? Like, what's going on here? This is ridiculous. Right. No, I mean, it's it's really good information. The, the cool thing about this business is, at least what we've transitioned to, is the feedback that we're getting. Literally, and only it's been like three or four months because we're getting such strong response from guys that are treating it like a business, like the gentleman that's on the phone right now. And he truly understands that variance happens. He doesn't – I don't get a text when Dave, you know, swept the board on Tuesday, you know, and then and then on Saturday he had a bad day. I don't get text because he understands that it's long-term and well, let me you know, we have a good a relationship. Fish. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question for fish before we let you go. The, sure. what's your longest losing streak that you've had playing poker? The reason why I ask is we had a, a professional poker player here in Maryland that was on a heater for like a year. And then he literally mm-hmm. went completely the other way for a year. and could not win for a yeah. year. Um, so it's so, funny like that. Um, you, you can go. You can go on streaks like that either way. Me personally, um, I have gone. I think the longest losing streak I've had was was three months, um, and that's including online and live. So j- just to kind of put it in a nutshell, when, when I when I play online, um, I play multiple tables. I play probably about six to eight tables at a clip. I see about you know anywhere from a thousand to five thousand hands a day, depending on how I'm feeling, depending on you know how much volume I'm willing to put in. Uh, from a live perspective, if I go play live, you know, a typical live live game, you're only probably seeing about 20 to 30 hands an hour. So um, it, it depends on what type of player you are. If you are a live player, your, your losing variance can be a lot longer. It can stretch to like a year or so. Um, if you're losing longer than, you know, I'd say two to three months online, um, I would say you're probably a losing player because – you're putting in the volume, just like you guys do in sports. You're putting in enough volume um, and getting in enough good spots that you're not always going to get two outered. You're not always going to get four outered, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you're putting your money in constantly with 70, 60, 65% edge, and over the long term, that's going to work out. Whereas if you're a live player, you know, you can still get in at 70%, 65% favorites. And the deck can still run cold on you for a while because you're not seeing as much volume. You know, you're putting in the hours, but like if I play an hour online for eight tables, I may see, you know, 800 to 1400 hands. Whereas if I put eight hours in live, you know, I'm only seeing about 160 hands. I could lose all my flips in those 160 hands. Doesn't mean that I'm a losing player. It just means that I, you know, succumb to some bad variants. Whereas online, you know, it'll it'll pretty much even itself out over the course of you know maybe a hundred thousand hands or so. You know, that's that's about the longest streak I've been on, which is about a hundred thousand hands online. Where and it wasn't even losing; it was basically break even. You know, I was down like two buy-ins over a hundred thousand hands. But other than that, you know, I've never had a losing year. Just like you guys, I'm sure have not had a losing year in sports. It's it's just the way it goes. You know, you're you're putting in the volume, you're getting the edge. And you're printing the money, and and that's it. You don't worry about all the noise in between the losing weeks, the losing days, the losing hands. None of that makes any sense. It's just long term. Period. That's it. Now, how old were you when you learned how to play poker initially? Uh, initially, I was 17. All the gambling stuff kind of happened together. Uh, I didn't actually. Oh, so there's hope for my for son. My son's 17, so I can have him learn now. He can be my professional sure. poker player by proxy. For sure. The younger, the younger generation is always going to do better. But just the thing is they're coming in 
like I said, at a very tougher time. We have these things called solvers now. You know, there's the Internet. You know, there's, there's tons of uh, reference points for people to learn. You know, back in the day when, when I started, you know, it was just there were just books. You know, I would just check out books at Borders, and, like, Borders isn't even a business anymore, I don't even think. Right, 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 right. Now now people have all these online coaching sites and and everything that they can go to. Um, So, yeah, he could succeed. It's just he's not going to be able to just print money like uh, the 17-year-olds were uh, back in the day when Poker Stars and everything else was illegally running in the country, and it was very easy. So, so check this out before we let you go, because uh, it's been a cool topic. I'm glad that we kind of changed gears here with no David today. We get a little bit more poker talk, which is obviously I love. One of our other partners here, Fish, is uh, he hit the bad beat on party poker. What what year was this, John? Uh, I got a call at one in the morning. Like That's why I know. I can't remember. Yeah, it was something crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like oh two. So his he's playing party poker, and literally he hits the bad beat. The entire screen lights up like a Christmas tree. Sounds, dings, and all of a sudden he gets a deposit, like literally a deposit in his account within 24 hours. He hit it for what was it, 360? Yeah, 360. Yeah, yeah, it was it was insane. Yeah, Yeah. yep. Yeah, most online sites don't even offer bad beat jackpots. Uh, that that's what's so crazy about it. Like I, I this is this is pre this is pre Black Friday. Obviously, right. This is when party poker right. was at its height, and you know, it was it was insane. He hit it, and I remember he just went absolutely insane. Like, can you imagine that? Just it's like hitting the lottery, and you're sitting there not even yep. expecting it. You're expecting to win the hand, obviously, and um, for sure, and it doesn't. That's the best loss you'll ever take in your entire life. Yep, I, I hit one for thirty thousand. That's what kind of started. You know, I bought my put a down payment on the house. And I took 10K, and I said, I'm just going to follow the dream. And uh, I never looked back. You know, I started with a 10K roll, and now I play on, like, live streams in Texas with, like, 30,000 on the table, stuff like that. So um, it's just, you know, money money is your inventory in this business. Same deal with with sports betting. You know, money is your inventory, and you just got to keep keep tabs on your inventory at at all times. And make sure you're not, uh, you know, overextending. Oh, you mean you're not betting 45%? On one game? Correct. 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 That's a, that's a big no-no. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm never putting 45% of my role in anything, you know, whether it even be a Even if it's thing. a lock that can't lose? Nope. There's nope, no such thing. Dave would be upset. Uh, listen, listen, for all the listeners out there that are on my private channel that uh, Fish doesn't get these games, I believe, I had the Mets yesterday. Um, my son says to me, wow, Dad, they're rolling 13-6. to six. I had the Oakland A's, fine, they win. I had the Orioles, and then I had the Orioles plus one and a half. So I wake up in the morning. I push out on the Orioles. My son comes into my wake downstairs. I'm, I'm making him breakfast. He goes, Dad, did you see the Mets score? I said, No, nah, they won. He goes, No, they didn't win. Look at the box score. So oh, when, my you know, God. I didn't even see that. <laughs> so they so it was like literally thirteen six. Why would I even check the score? Why why would I even look? Imagine the poor guy that put. 90% of his bankroll on the Mets just because he thought it was a lock. He's feeling really good when it's 13 to six. And, uh, you know, the yep. unthinkable happens. They lose, uh, uh, you know, 12 to thir- 13 to 12 or whatever in the bottom of the ninth inning. So there is no such thing as a guarantee. Yep. Never. Not, not even in poker. Not, nothing's guaranteed. Tax and death. That's it. That's it. That's right. So yeah. Thanks for the well, call. Thanks again, Fish, that was amazing. Thanks for the call. No problem, man. So, uh, yeah, guys, we got clients calling in, they, people that are actually members on our Telegram channel. We're given our uh, phone number where they could call in and deal us, with us direct. I wanted to talk real quick, Mike, go back to the Golden State game. Um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, no team has come back from being down three games to win. I Yes, I think that's correct. So, with that being said, the line opened up at six on the Warriors at home. Tomorrow went, shot up immediately to eight, then is now settled back down to seven. So what will be interesting is, let's just say they win the, they win the series, right? The, the question is, will they cover? So we'll see what Dave does, obviously, when he's available. I know you have a mentorship with him after the radio. But, you know, that's the thing is that people are already know going into it. No team has ever done that. So the question is, they, they're going to just 
be pounding the Warriors with both fists. Back to um, the dogs. So do you know who the most profitable team at home in baseball is, Mike? If I had to take a guess, the most profitable team at home in baseball is the Rockies. The Baltimore Orioles. Oh, the my most, God. There's the, no, How did the I get that problem. one wrong? Uh, exactly. Do you know which team is absolutely useless, even though Dave had them last night? The, the Dodgers. Dodgers. They are trash. And the reason why I say that for the listeners, it doesn't mean we won't play them if Dave is on them. But if you're someone that has a small bankroll and you're someone that cannot afford to purchase an advisory service, this is in stone, has never changed. I don't have Dave here to refute my numbers, but I said in the beginning of the season, dogs win 40% of the time. Right now, dogs are 243 and 378, which is 40.1%, which means if you just bet every 10 games you bet to the dog side, you will go four and six, and then you will break even or win a little money based upon the line value. This is the thing that people don't understand. All these good teams – and I go back to this. It's so hard to win if you're betting. You know, you got to talk about Dave for a second playing favorites, Mike. He's not laying big wood. He'll lay the one and a half like he did on the Dodgers yesterday. He's not laying the Dodgers. Not going to lay 200 on, on a two. I haven't seen Dave lay 250 on a game yet. So for all you listeners no, no. out there, if you already know that you're going to be six and four on every favorite in baseball, you know that you're now a loser if you bet favorites. Six and four loses you money. I repeat, six and four loses your money. So when you call the office and you ask to speak with Alexa or you ask to speak with Mike or you get me on the phone and you go, what's your win-loss percentage? Those percentages have no effect on your ROI because, again, it goes back to the horse racing variance. You can lose, 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 and then win. And so just to give you a rundown, Baltimore is the most profitable team at home in baseball. End of story. They're actually profitable on the season, home and away now. If you bet them the entire season, you're even up $129. Now, Colorado is the second most profitable team, plus $366 on the season at home, followed by the Dodgers at home, plus $249, and the Angels plus 216 now, what you'll notice, guys, is that the biggest winning total at home is in the 500 range. The lowest is in the 200 range. There is no home team advantage, like I said on my YouTube channel the other day. The most profitable teams in on the road far surpass that of the home teams because of the dog money. San Diego is the most profitable team on the road, plus $855, followed by Oakland Athletics, plus $625, followed by the Mets that lost last night in that crazy game, plus $549. The Cubs, plus $498. Arizona, plus $409. So what that basically means is all those teams on the road that are winning, they're winning because they're in dog situations. I had Oakland yesterday, plus 60 cents. They get the job done on the road. They're the second most profitable team. So these are little cues that you can trend bet as your friend and know which teams perform amazing at home. So far, it could change on a dime. But when you take Oakland for an example, you're minus $1,000 at home. You're plus $600 on the road. They can't win at home. I'm not going to buck that trend. So I'm always looking to be when they're going to be a dog value. Why are they so profitable? Because they've only been a favorite nine times. Why are the Dodgers only up $10 on the season? Do you hear that, Mike? If you bet every Dodgers game, you're 29 and 13, you're up 10 bucks. $10. That's two gallons of gas, or maybe a gallon and a quarter of gas in some places. $10. And they're 29 and 13. No one's going to tell me you can win betting favorites in baseball unless you have a systematic approach like Dave does. For my clients that follow me on the dog side, you know I'm religious with the dogs. Like I said, I'd rather lose the bets at even money and then know that I'm going to win Oakland at plus 60 cents and go one and one and make 60 cents in that exchange 
than be in a scenario where I'm going to chase a $250 favorite and, and get my teeth bashed in. Look, I mean, that, this is what we're here for. Not only can we give you some good data, some good information, you can now also learn how to play poker on the J&M show. If you want to learn, even John, we might even teach him over the next couple of weeks, and we might even do pre-football season. It's going to be Fish versus John in a heads-up. No, I'm just kidding. I can Not play the geriatric poker, uh, geri- <laughs> no. geriatric poker tournament. Maybe by the time I'm 70, I'll, I'll learn how to play the game. But it uh, is you, amazing. You know, like I, when I, play- I don't know if you, you know Dave got to start, Mike, in video poker before, as, to build his bankroll for sports. No, I know. I remember he was he was teaching the the ex how to you know she when I came uh, <laughs> when I remember we went to uh, the casino. She goes, yeah, 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 but we had a we had a practice machine, video poker machine at the house, and he made me play a thousand hands a day to learn the system of how to beat it. Imagine that it's sitting an easy at home, way to get divorced, <laughs> playing video poker. <laughs> right, but uh, well, no, what I was saying, John, is you know like. When I play golf, they have these things called ladies' tees and senior tees. Well, maybe they can you know, put you in like a senior's tournament where it's like easier for you to win or something. No, hey, any edge I can. But in the meantime, I'm going to give you guys a complimentary selection since Dave is not here. Boston has won six games in a row. One of the worst teams at home on the money is the White Sox. They cannot win at home. They're absolute trash. Take the Red Sox plus 60 cents, 65 cents, depending upon where it closes. The game is at 8, 10 Eastern Standard Time. Keep the momentum rolling. Boston Red Sox plus the 40, 50, 60 cents at the Chai Sox. It's another example of, of, of knowing the, the data behind these games. And is there an edge on that bet? Well, yeah, there is. I mean, basically, the White Sox are well down. I mean, huge money at home versus on the road. They're profitable on the road. The last time they won was that doubleheader on the road, um, and they can't win a game at home. And, you know, it's very interesting to me when you delve deep into these numbers how there really is a lack of home team advantage in baseball. It means absolutely nothing. Boston is your complimentary selection. We'll be back with everyone on June 1st next Wednesday. Have a good one. Good day and good luck. You got it. Bye-bye. Syndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. free.